Good morning. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Rajesh Vidyasaga, and my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the official today. We are here for hybrid platform again. Uh, when you're, whether you're on Zoom, here in the hall, or watching, or listening to the recording later, you are very welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are one community. Uh, we are one community unified across time and space as we gather to affirm our values and commit to a better world. If you're on Zoom, please check the chat for tips and a welcome from today's Zoom usher. I'll read greetings from our online attendees in just a few minutes. In-person visitors, please stop by at the welcome table after platform today to speak to a greeter or to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas. Online visitors, we invite you to send an email to Maceo at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. If you're a visitor watching this, recording later, this invitation is for you as well. You can fill out a connection form at tiny.cc uh, uh, forward slash, sorry, I missed that one, forward slash West Connects. I now read a few of the greetings that folks have written into the chat, online friends. While I'm doing that, you might want to get a candle to light during our candle lighting. <clears throat> it's good to connect. Okay. Sonia says, good morning. So does Peter Bishop. Adam Goldberg says, good morning, everyone. Join me after platform for virtual coffee hour, which I do believe I'm hosting. You are indeed, Adam. Uh, Vincent Tyler says, good, good morning, people of Wes. Judy O.M., uh, there's a, sorry, she's, that's an instruction she is giving to people who are linking in. Adam Limehouse says, good morning. Michelle, good morning from Pensacola, great. Uh, okay, let's see who else is on. I think that's about it. Uh <laughs> It's good to connect and share this time together. Once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather. Opening words this morning are from the Reverend Leslie Takahashi. She writes, we gather as many drops each winding our own path down life's surfaces and ruts. Here we pull together as a single body, flowing together for a time. Together we are a stream, at times even a river. For with our shared force we can travel towards oceans of meaning and seas of connection. We begin our platform with music from interim music coordinator, Leah Morris. Good morning, Wes. This is a song I wrote in community with some of the members of my Patreon family group. And uh, it's a song about returning in a sense, but recognizing that even in the perceived experience of returning, we're always moving forward. You can never step into the same river twice. It's good 
once again. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn uh, to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. Today's reader is Joe London, a longtime member of WES, who's active in our relationship with the Washington Interfaith Network, or WIN. Joe would like to remind District of Columbia residents to vote in the June 21 primary election. Welcome, Joe.
Good morning, everyone. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe. If you're joining us from afar and have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as Joe lights our community candle and I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. I had to turn the page. <laughs> Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of the precious children lost to senseless massacres in this country and the lives lost to violence across the world. As we listen to the chime, let's remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. Hello, my name, wow, live people. Hello, people online. My name's Lynn Cox, my pronouns are they, them. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. As we prepare for meditation today, I invite you to take a nourishing breath. Notice how it feels to take that breath, how it feels to take in oxygen, to release the carbon dioxide, how it feels in your body. And as you're able, open yourself to the refreshment of another breath. For you, maybe opening to refreshment means finding a stable position, whether you're seated or standing or reclining. Maybe that means uplifting your posture and giving more room for your diaphragm. Maybe that just means reveling in the refreshment of another breath. 
I'm going to read an adapted version of a poem by Kenneth L. Patton, who was a universalist and a humanist in the early 20th century. And some, I wish I could spend more time telling you more about him. He's a fascinating character. So Ken Patton, uh, there was one word that I changed because it doesn't quite translate in this space in the 21st century, but I think the intention is right at home here. And there's one word I, I translated for inclusivity. But I'm going to read you the whole poem, and then we'll move together a little bit as I read you some fragments from the poem. So take one more breath as we hear. Let us gather with our eyes and our ears and our fingertips. Let us love the world through heart and mind and body. We feed our eyes upon the mystery and the revelation in the faces of our siblings. We seek to know the wistfulness of the very young and the very old, the wistfulness of people in all times of life. We seek to understand the shyness behind arrogance, the fear behind prejudice, the tenderness behind clumsy strength, and the anguish behind cruelty. All life flows into a great common life if we will only open our eyes to our companions. Let us gather not in bowing down, not with closed eyes and stopped ears. Let us gather with all of the opening of all of the windows of our beings with the full outstretching of our spirits. Let us gather and let us learn to love. So ends the reading. If you'd like to move with me now, so as I repeat some of the fragments from the reading, make yourself some room, uh, whether you're seated or standing, either one is fine. Be mindful of your neighbors and spread out if you can. Okay, so it starts with let us gather. And we're going to bring our fingers together like rivers flowing together with our eyes and our ears and our fingertips out in front of them. And then let us love the world. You can give yourself a hug or a sign for love. Let us love the world through heart and mind and body. Your body's by your knees with the opening of all of the windows of our beings and then stretch out with the full outstretching of our spirits. And then back to center. So we'll do that again. Let us gather with our eyes and our ears and our fingertips. Let us love the world through heart and mind and body, with the opening of all of the windows of our beings and the full outstretching of our spirits. One more time with words. Let us gather with our eyes and our ears and our fingertips. Let us love the world through heart and mind and body with all of the opening of the windows of our beings, with the full outstretching of our spirits. 
with just the motions silently. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows.
Today is an excerpt from the poem Little Gidding by T.S. Eliot. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Through the unknown, unremembered gate, when the last of earth left to discover is that which was the beginning. At the source of the longest river, the voice of the hidden waterfall and the children in the apple tree, not known because not looked for, but heard, half heard in the stillness between two waves of the sea. Quick now, here now, always, a condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. And all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well, when the tongues of flame are infolded into the crowned knot of fire, and the fire and the rose are one. Thanks, Rajesh. Earlier in that poem, T.S. Eliot wrote, what we call the beginning is often the end. And to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from. We are nearing the end of the interim period. It is also a beginning for Wes. My last platform is in two weeks. And after that, you will look across the expanse of a summer that would be both long and short in anticipation of the arrival of your new senior leader. You will again make a beginning as a congregation, a new chapter for bold action, tender mutual support, invigorating growth and learning, and meaningful celebration. As you emerge into a COVID normalized world, you will begin again to discover and to shape what it means to be congregational humanists in this time and this place. Things will be both familiar and unfamiliar at the same time. When you hold your in-gathering at the beginning of the next program year, you will arrive where you started and know the place for the first time. We're told that the ancient Greek philosopher Heraclitus said, 
that you cannot step in the same river twice for other waters are continually flowing on. Daniel Graham writing for the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy says that it's more likely that Heraclitus wrote something more akin to on those stepping into rivers and staying the same other and other waters flow. The more popular version comes from Plato paraphrasing Heraclitus. In Plato's version, the river is never the same river. And the Heraclitus version is not only poetic and lovely in Greek, or so I'm told by people who speak Greek, but points to a more subtle paradox. The river as an entity has something constant about it, while the waters of the river are continually changing. Indeed, if the waters did not change, it wouldn't be a river. Some things stay the same only by changing. Graham goes on to explain that the philosophy of Heraclitus has a lot to say about flux and about the unity of opposites, pointing to the way things are both the same and not the same over time. Both T.S. Eliot and Heraclitus are reminding us that change is part of life, that we hold opposites within us, and we move through those opposites throughout our days and our years. Change can be overwhelming, and it might seem like in these modern times that that's a new thing to be overwhelmed by change. And Heraclitus and T.S. Eliot remind us that the world has been turning and orbiting for all of human history. As we move into a COVID normalized world, many people feel a longing to go back. There is a longing to live in a world where we can keep each other safe without masks. There's a longing to go back to gathering in large numbers without fear or worry, without a need to think about inclusion or risk mitigation. There's a longing to return to a world that was never affected by the economic impact of the pandemic, never affected by the changes in staffing in every industry, never affected by challenges in the supply chain. There's a longing to act as if COVID never happened. And those waters have moved on. How we do things has changed and will continue to change. And it's natural to want to hold on to something, to give a name and a shape to that which is constant, or at least that could be constant for a month or so. As our Buddhist friends tell us, Grasping for permanence where it doesn't exist has some negative consequences. I believe we can bring out our best by practicing reflection and wisdom in terms of what we hold a little more firmly, what we hold lightly, and what we let go. A few weeks ago, I spoke about cherishing the present moment and choosing to act with love, resetting our compass points when perseverating on the past or the future is keeping us stuck. I said we can learn from the past and set goals for the future, yet the present moment is when we can most effectively make ethical choices. I hope it didn't sound like I was saying that we should stop making plans or that we should stop building one deed at a time 
toward a larger hope. I am a big fan of making plans. This pandemic has taught me that all plans are tentative. We hold them lightly. Our values and our practice of right relationship both take precedence over plans, agendas, and timetables. People are more important than schedules. Boundaries of time can help us coordinate needs and wants and collective actions. That being said, when I start getting anxious, as I do, when people, when we're getting off topic or off schedule, it's helpful for me to ask myself where that anxiety comes from. If it comes from perfectionism or a need to control, maybe it's okay to adjust the timetable. It's okay to let it go. If the anxiety is coming from worrying that someone's gonna be hurt, that's the thing to explore, not the objective value or authority of the timetable. And maybe that's natural to some of you. Maybe you all are really good at going with the flow. Holding plans lightly is hard for me. I've been leading congregations since 2003, earlier if you count fieldwork during graduate school. In almost 20 years of clergy work, I have always created schedules and spreadsheets to track Sunday morning plans. Even before themes of the month were fashionable, I was creating themes of the month 10 months in advance and choosing to speak on topics accordingly. I see applause from the former congregational administrator in the house. And these past two years, I have had to find a balance between planning and flexibility. Sunday Platform happens because of the coordination of an enormous team of dedicated and talented, hardworking staff and volunteers. And none of the people on that team except me are paid full time to do this. So to accommodate the needs of that whole team, to help our team to be our best, it's helpful if I provide information as soon as I can so that volunteers and part-time staff can act on that information in the time that's available to them. And yet, the world keeps changing under our feet. The way platform works has evolved. Every week is a little different thanks to COVID mitigation strategies and technology updates and what's new with Zoom and new people joining the team and great ideas coming forward. Topics that seemed like a good idea when I put them in the spreadsheet are out of date due to current events by the time I'm ready to give an outline to the tech team. So we make plans and we hold them lightly. We communicate abundantly. So many emails and text messages throughout the week. We start with a plan and then we adapt it. We try things and sometimes they go wonky and we forgive each other generously. Having complete control and predictability sounds so nice, but being in relationship and staying true to our values are more important. We choose what to hold firmly, what to hold lightly, and what to let go. Flow is part of what it means to be a river. If you try to cement something else like the exact shape of the riverbank 
or the particular pattern of fish swimming through the water, you will lose the things that make it a healthy river. Similarly, when people hold firmly to what is not essential in their personal growth or their community, there can be consequences for the health and life of what is essential. We aspire to choose with wisdom. In the metaphor, Heraclitus implies that there is such a thing as a river. A person can visit its banks, go home and return again, and still find the river in roughly the same place. With the waters of the river constantly flowing, the lives that depend on and infuse the river constantly beginning and ending, the stones in the riverbed constantly being worn down, something about it retains its riverness. I would argue that two of the things that make it approximately the same river from one day to the next are the mutual agreement of the people who name bodies of water and the direction of the flow. The plants and non-human animals might not care if we call this a river or a stream or a creek. They care if the water is drinkable or swimmable, maybe a place to hide from predators or to find something tasty to eat. They might care if, about the company of compatible life. The beings who care if it's the same river are the beings who name things, which may or may not be limited to human beings. So humans, people who name things, agree that there is such a body as a river and that it's constantly moving waters are part of what makes it a river. Their agreement that they conceptualize the river and the riverbank and the meadows and forests beyond as separate things figures into the way those humans speak. Those of us who perceive a river as a, as a persistent entity have mutually agreed on a way of relating to each other and our environment. So that's one thing that makes the river the same river from one day to the next, because we said so. Another quality that makes it the same river is the direction of the flow. Rivers run toward the sea. That doesn't mean every drop gets there directly. Waters are drunk and absorbed and evaporated. But generally, the collective moves together. It would be a stretch to say that's what a river is for, as if there is a mover and a premeditated purpose to its existence. But once we've defined what a river is, we can observe its movements from the source to the place where it becomes part of something larger, like a bay or an ocean. And this is how I understand communities. A community is not alive unless there is change. People within a community grow and change and a living community celebrates and encourages personal growth. A healthy multi-generational community holds people in care from generation to generation. A living community adapts to the times, letting go of the methods of pursuing its mission that were more appropriate to another time and taking up new methods as they are needed. What gives the community an identity is the mutual agreement of the beings in relationship, an agreement on values and on how the beings treat each other, an agreement to be a people, not just individual humans, but a people. 
The members of the community don't have to think alike to love alike, and indeed, loving differences can be the water that wears down our sharp edges. Yet by mutual agreement, a people comprise a unified whole. The mutual agreement at West that comes immediately to mind is the Community Relations Pact. This agreement is the outcome of deep reflection, conversation, and collaboration among the membership led by the Community Relations Committee. It is not written in stone. You can certainly revise it when you're ready to do that. Yet, it is a comprehensive description of how you understand your values and how you aspire to treat one another. Your values and relational practices are described by the pact, as described by the pact, are part of what makes West who you are and not some other community, let alone some club or retail establishment. Don't try to be another community, be Wes. The Community Relations Pact gives you a common language, just like the people who agree on such a body as a river, give it a definition. I've watched you hold on to your values as a community. Nobody's perfect, no human community is perfect. Yet in a time of great challenge over these past two years, West members have been mindful of your values and your shared agreements. I have witnessed active listening skills, apologies and reconciliation, and a growing understanding of boundaries. With the work of the widening the anti-racism lens team and the community relations committee, among other efforts, I've witnessed a growing understanding at West about how to build healthy community nurturing an inclusive, multiracial, multicultural congregation. There is always more to learn about how to be human together, yet through these tough times, Wes, remember the way you intend to be a community. Aspirations for racial justice are rooted in the founding of this congregation, and those aspirations still infuse the direction of your learning and growth. Like a river, living communities move together toward something. In the case of a community like this one, that direction is described by a purpose or a mission. Mission gives a community coherence and continuity. People might come and go, although I hope you don't go. <laughs> Moving together toward the mission is part of how you know you are a community, a unified whole. West strives to be welcoming to people across wide ranges of age, race, background, disability, economic status, gender, and other aspects of human diversity. That's not typical out there, that's countercultural. Anyone who is ready to support the mission, as expressed in your statement of purpose, is welcome. Someone whose deeds undermine that purpose, someone who shows by their behavior that they don't support justice or equity or human worth and dignity would not be able to truly find a home here. Your purpose is foundational to who you are and to the definition of this community. So here again, you have remembered the direction you are going together, even when times were tough over these last two years. You had faith in each other and appreciated each other's unique capacities, even as everybody's capacities were shifted during the pandemic. 
You supported each other by dropping off casseroles and following up on caring news updates and wearing your masks. We'll hear from the Pastoral Care Associates in a special video update by email later this week. It was going to be during platform today, and I realized you just need to sit down and watch it as its own thing. So we're going to save it for tomorrow. Brian, Kristen, Trang, Wayne, and Johnny are great listeners and want to tell you more about the Pastoral Care Associates team. Special thanks to Beth Banks, who retired from the PCA this year after 15 years of service. The lay leadership of the Pastoral Care Associates is vital, and taking care of each other is something for everyone to do. And you have. The statement of purpose recalls how you nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. The Earth Ethics Action Team kept leading us to care for the stream along the portal run and for our little corner of the planet in the native uh, in the insect garden and with the native trees around the building. The Immigration Justice Team, Global Connections Team, and Afghan Welcome Team reminded us of reverence and respect and responsibility for all of our neighbors. Through these difficult times, you as Wes, you kept working for a world where love and justice cross all borders. The methods of pursuing your mission are transient. You can hold those methods lightly. Your mission, the sea to which the collective heart of this community is flowing, you hold in strength. It hasn't been easy. Yet the mission and values of this congregation have been as persistent as a rushing river. You've had to give up a lot of illusions of control, a lot of familiar touchstones to prioritize those two things, and you've done it. T.S. Eliot wrote, a condition of complete simplicity costing not less than everything, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. The waters of the river of life might be rough at this bend. There might be white cap waves, there might be rocks. It is understandable to want that other river, the calm one with the happy ducks and the happily swaying river reeds. This river also has beauty and abundant life. Adapting to the time and place where you are is hard, but you are not alone because you have decided to be this river of community. What makes the river are the collective understandings of its beings and the direction of its flow. Hold firmly to your pact and to your purpose. Hold everything else lightly or not at all. Be persistent in your values and your mission. I have confidence that you can because you already have. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when our online friends can write into the chat and our in the hall friends can speak into the microphone about what resonated with you in this platform. In between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. This is a song by Pat Victor. It's one of my 
favorites of the new era of folk music that feels like it's been around forever. You say your heart's been turned to stone. You say you wanna be left alone. You say love only made you weep and moan. But let me tell you something that you know in your bones. Love is the water that weighs down the rock. Love is the water that weighs down the rock. Love is a power that won't be stopped. Love is the water that wears down the rock. You say your soul feels like a driving a bit stuck, waiting for the water long ago. You said you better pray all night for the rain instead. Cause love is like a tidal wave over your head. Love is the water that wears down the rock. Love is the water that wears down the rock. Love is the power that won't be stopped. Love is the water that wears down the rock. You say waiting for love takes too long. It does a sharp mind and weakens a strong. Well, you may be right, but you may be wrong. Cause love can make a mountain come tumbling down. Love is the water that wears down the rock. Love is the water that wears down the rock. Mm -hmm. Love is the power that won't be stopped. Love is the water that wears down the rock. A river washes over every woman and man. Put your feet in the gravel, get some mud in your hands. Cause nothing can stand against the love's command. Every boulder turns into a grain of sand Because love is the water Love, 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 love Love is the water This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonates in our own lives. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. I'll start with the Zoom comments. We'll accept some comments on the microphone from in-person attendees in the middle and then return to our Zoom participants at the end. Okay, Peter Bishop, I loved how Lynn brought a mature philosophical outlook to the platform, informed with a commitment to the understanding of the external world that we have discovered that we lived in. She did a great job of showing how this kind of approach can result in a mature 21st century religious perspective. Okay, waiting for other comments. If there are others, I'll be happy to come back to them. Ah, yes, Brian says, thank you, Lynn. Great timing to remember impermanence. Harder to do than I'd like, absolutely. 
Okay, I'll come back to the Zoom comments in a, a few moments. Let's go to the, the hall and for the in-person comments. Morning, I'm Perry. Uh, Lynn, I want to thank you for wonderful summation and encouraging uh, report on what Wes has been like for these last two years. And I want to thank you for your role in all of that uh, as a member of the Leader Search Committee, as a member of the officiants team, as a member of the chorus. I've had the opportunity to work with Lynn directly, and I know how much they have contributed uh, to the welfare of this community. Um, and I also just want to put in a plug. Uh, I realize I'm preaching to the choir here, um, but for folks who have not uh, been in, as involved in committee and teamwork at WES, it is a really wonderful opportunity uh, to work with our professional staff, our clergy leaders, and also your fellow members. So thank you, Lynn. I'm Abby Dakin, my pronouns are she, her. I, um, in addition to all the wonderful things that other people have said, I wanna thank you, Rajesh, for that lovely reading of the poem, which I think for me brought it so much more meaning than it had on the page. Zoom and see, look for more comments. Okay, Ann Baker. Thank you, Lynn. What an encouraging message. It's good to be reminded that our shared values hold us together and can carry us forward, always flowing with change. Peter Bishop, I loved how Lynn brought, oh, sorry, it's the same one. Um, thanks, Peter. Uh, okay, Ed. Ed Elder says, thank you, Lynn. It's been wonderful to have you as our interim leader. Vincent Tyler, thank you, Lynn. Your platform reminded me that all things are temporary, that change is constant, and flexibility is necessary. Okay, I, I'd like to add my own comment as, as a member. Um, which is uh, to say that, uh, like Perry, I've worked with, uh, with Lynn uh, in various ways on the board, here on the platform, helping her out uh, as efficient. And I must say, my heart breaks to know uh, that, that we're not going to have Lynn with us for that much longer. And and I know that I have to live with it. So that's difficult. And thank you, Lynn. <clears throat> thank you, everybody uh, who shared your thoughts and attention. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Wanda Alston Foundation. The mission of the 
Wanda Alston Foundation, WAF, is to eradicate homelessness and poverty for LGBTQ youth between the ages of 18 and 24. The Wanda Alston Foundation opened its doors in 2008 as the only housing program in Washington, D.C., solely dedicated to offering pre-independent transitional living and support services to homeless or at-risk LGBTQ folk uh, ages 18 to 24 in all eight wards. Let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity. If you're someone who gives by text or are in front of a device where you can navigate to the donation page on our website, get out your phone or tablet or navigate to that page now. If you are here in person, there is a basket at the back of the hall to receive your gift. Half of your undesignated gift will go to Wes, and the other half will go to our Share the Plate partner for the month. I'll pause for a moment so that all who are able can prepare to respond with generosity. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text, 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts and our guest musician's gift of music. Thank you so much to the many, many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Thank you to our staff, including Linda Irizarry, Ndara Miles, Robin Kravitz, Macia Thomas, Tom Hutton, and interim senior leader Lynn Cox. Thank you to interim music coordinator Leah Morris, to Perry Bider, Jason Lang, and Lucia for their help in the closing song, and to guests, the mini vandals for the collection music. 
Thank you to John and Abby Dakin, who created our slides. Thank you to Adam Goldberg for hosting the upcoming Coffee Hour. Thank you to Zomasha Judy Myers and the tech team, John Licka, Dennis, Denise Howell, and uh, Robin Pfeiffer and Kate Lang. Thank you to our in-person greeters, Alex Abbott and Susan Runner. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. You can find information about opportunities to connect in the Sunday links or news and notes emails. Here are some of the latest news. Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, or SEEK, is looking forward to the fall. The enthusiasm of volunteers will be highly determinative of what programs West can offer in the new school year. Please do contact SEEK coordinator Indira Miles to find out more about ethical education. Next Sunday, June 12th, at 4 p.m., members should plan to tune in by Zoom for the spring membership meeting. When board elections take place and members vote on the budget for the coming fiscal year. This meeting will be entirely on Zoom. Also next Sunday at 4 p.m., middle and high school youth are welcome to attend an in-person game and movie night at West with departing youth coordinator, Linda Irizarry. This will be Linda's last event at West and we hope the youth will have a chance to say goodbye. Our platform next week at 10.30 Eastern time will be led by Reverend Kimberly Devers and the West Chorus. The title is The Singing Revolution. We'll be singing with masks on, so join the music online or in person. Kimberly writes, the tools of resistance are many and varied, but none is so beautiful as many voices raised in song. We will hear stories of musical resistance and learn some new songs to inspire our work of justice and inclusion. We come together each week for hybrid platform with attendees both online and in person. Those who wish to attend platform in person should RSVP at tiny.cc forward slash platform reservation. In-person attendees will also need to bring their vaccination card or a picture of their vaccination card. Online attendance will continue to be available for the foreseeable future. You're always welcome to tune in by Zoom. There's a lot going on. You can see the calendar with upcoming events on the WES website. To the community gathered today, thank you all for being a part of the platform this morning. Let's enjoy our closing song for the month.
so joyful. Just before uh, platform, I saw the graphics as well. They're fantastic. A few brief reminders as we close. If you're new to our community, please do send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. To reach Virtual Coffee Hour, point your browser to tiny.cc forward slash West Coffee Hour. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, celebrating our interdependence for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Thank you, everyone, for being here. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.